Hey, you've checked out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, and this is round two. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. And hey, this is round two. This is where we sit down with not just my favorite guests, but your favorite guests, people who are out there, they're making it happen, and they have so much good advice to share with us today. Today, we're sitting down with Damon Burton. He's the president of SEO National. He came on the podcast a little ways ago, and I just had to bring him back. He's doing some pretty incredible stuff with his business. In fact, if you've been getting gutted by ad costs and you're, you're dumping money into the money pit of Facebook advertising, Google advertising, all things that can work, and yet you're dumping money into it and you're wondering, why the heck is this not getting me any results? Well, Damon, I had to bring him back on the podcast because, well, I won't spoil what it was that I saw, but Damon, hey man, welcome back to the episode. Thanks, Blake. Have you been practicing? Because you got a very sexy radio voice going on right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I had someone on, uh, I spoke a few weeks ago, and he was like, would you mind if I just like paid you just to like, record yourself talking? And I was like, I don't know like how I feel about this. Like, What's it for? Like, Is it something weird? Or, I don't Nothing know. Nothing weird. Just talk about yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, send me your feet, too. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you on. So my, my round two series is really like just it's it's honestly like for my own benefit because I get to have people on again who I really like talking to but it's especially I think valuable when I have a guest on you know there's a guest one or two guests are on every week but then every now and then a guest comes on who just really shares some tangible incredible insight and it's one of those conversations where it's like okay we, we have to bring this person back we have to get this person back on again the listeners they need more information they need more insight and so I'm just excited to talk again today about this weird, um, curious thing that is SEO, but more importantly, what you're doing with SEO National and exactly yeah. really what's working. So again, welcome back. And uh, how are you doing today? Doing good. Um, you know, what's funny, uh, you said you won't spoil it. So I'm going to add on to this, the um, cliffhangers of spoilers as well. So uh, we're going to be talking about social proof and how I've scaled my company. and. Um, I got banned from one of the things I'm going to tell you <laughs> to do. <laughs> uh, so that that sounds way more dramatic than it is, but we're going to leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> so he's not been deplatformed. You know, we're just we're talking about uh, one particular social media platform. But but Damon, so one of the reasons I brought I wanted to bring you back on is we're living in a world right now. Um, first of all, it's obviously very digital. Uh, thanks to COVID, a lot of businesses who maybe they had no digital plan or dig digital presence. Now they're in the last 12 months, they've really thought, okay, yeah, what is my digital strategy? And we're living in this culture that is very much ad focused. Uh, mm -hmm. It's never been easier to start an ad account. Um, you can YouTube a walkthrough for Facebook pixel, um, mm -hmm. Google will call you and walk you through setting up an ad account. Give me I your mean, money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the barriers to entry are so low. And I've even seen some people um, in this sort of like digital marketing guru-esque culture who will say, yeah, you know, just create an account, 
you know, set your daily budget to 500 bucks and, you know, it'll, it'll just be great. The money will just roll in. Mm-hmm. And yet what I often hear from people is, you know, oh my gosh, I dumped, you know, two grand or I dumped five grand and I'm not, I'm not making any money. And you also hear like these comments from these same types of people who say things like SEO is dead. SEO doesn't really work. SEO is kind of a dated concept. One of the reasons I wanted to bring you back on the show was you made a post on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago that talked about, so first of all, you have this this 30-man squad at SEO National. You've had some pretty incredible clients like the Utah Jazz. And what's pretty incredible about it is you haven't done any ad spending. You Mm. haven't done any kind, you haven't dumped thousands of dollars into your own ad account. You've done it all purely organic. And I think that's the question everyone has is how do I grow my business in an organic way, like what's what's the secret, man? Like what's the magic? And and in fact, I think it was just a couple of days ago you posted that your company grew another ten percent. Again, all organic, all word of mouth. Ten um, percent in one day. Yeah, I mean that's that's unheard of. And so yeah. let's let's just dive into it. Start talking to me a little bit about sort of your mindset and your approach to your business. So I think the secret is delayed gratification. The secret is not getting distracted by shiny objects because. Um, if, if you look at my, and, and I have a post coming up on this too, is, is the journey of my company. So I'll, g- I'll give a little background and context to my journey because it's going to underscore the topic that we're talking about. So I started SEO National 14 years ago. For the first year or two, it was just myself. It was cool to be early 20s and self-employed and pay my bills and good enough. you know. And so the, the, the value in that statement though is I I gave myself the freedom to not rush. I gave myself the freedom to figure out what I needed to figure out in that moment because you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know what I didn't know as an early stage business owner. And so I didn't, if I went from then to where I am now, I'd be screwed because if I skipped the steps two, three, four, five, six, and seven in between, I wouldn't have been able to take two to three and three to four and four to five. So after the first year or two being just kind of a solopreneur, then I said, okay. I have an opportunity here to to grow this. So let's take it a little more serious, brought on a team member or two. And then it was the same kind of thing. It was move, move a position and then embrace it and figure it out before you move to the next position, like perfect that stage. And so then after that, we did that for a couple of years. And then it was like, okay, now we can, let's start playing with big boys. Now I feel comfortable because now my processes are documented. Now my team is, because my processes are document, documented, now my team is scalable. And I can have confidence in that scalability and retain the quality control because my processes are documented. So then I went from three or four employees to like 10 or 12. And then I did that for a couple of years because that's a comfortable area where you can start to do high six figures, maybe seven figures. And then now where I'm at is I... I I feel really confident in all those things I've learned so far. Now let's shoot for the moon. Now let's see how big we can go. Cause there are no other hurdles in my way that I can foresee because I have the processes documented. I have the team that's scalable. I have all these things that I have that would usually cause growing pains that I can, I can stretch now. So there's some important, there's a lot of lessons to learn in just giving yourself the freedom to, I don't want to say screw up, but yeah, screw up. And give yourself the freedom to go slow because the the post that I I made the other day and and we'll be sharing on LinkedIn here is I've done one business in 14 years and I am at the so I'm 39 at the time of recording this I'll be 40 here not too not too long out and I have if I want I have a real viable opportunity to just sell this and retire and be done 
from one business. Now, take and li- think about all your friends or even some of the listeners themselves. How many businesses have you or your friends started in those 14 years that you tried to run too fast? Mm. And so now you failed. And so there's a ton of value in giving yourself the freedom to move slow because I've got from zero to 100 in 14 years. I didn't do it in two, two years and then three years and the sexy one funnel away, you know, <laughs> six months. I was okay not being distracted when SEO was originally the cool thing because it was new and sexy. And then funnels came along and paid ads and all those other things. I just stayed in my lane Mm. and just did my one thing really well. So I'll take a pause there because there's probably a couple of different ways we can take it. But I I think the long story short is just give yourself the freedom to do one thing and do it really well. And who cares what everyone else is doing? Well, you know, the the art of patience is, I think it's, it's so undervalued in today's entrepreneurial world, because because we are we're constantly getting peppered with, um, frankly, people who just they don't tell the whole story. I mean, I I literally yeah. literally yesterday, someone had posted something about they called it their overnight success, and then in digging into the comments, it was like, oh yeah, I've been working on this for you know twelve years. Yeah, and and so like we we really enjoy portraying ourselves, and that's social media in general, and we we love the highlight reel, right? And so. But I, I think on the same token, there's business owners out there who, you know, you say 14 years and there's sort of like this, this pit in their stomach of, uh, oh, I was kind of hoping, I mean, I remember being that person. So my business is only uh, almost three years old. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a millionaire in like three months. This is going to be awesome. Because that's, that's what my yeah. perception was of business, of healthy business growth was you start a business and then six months, it is that one funnel away mentality. And so it, it almost feels like the message you're communicating is like rubbing directly in tension with what a lot of business owners are seeing online, what a lot of business owners are paying for when they're getting advice mm-hmm. for their own business. A lot of these people who are saying, you know, oh yeah, you know, if you just do X, Y, and Z, if you just send this one email, uh, follow this email script, and it's going to get you all of these leads. Um, so, I, I mean, how, how have you? avoided the noise, I guess, and stay true to what you know works for you? It's probably two phases. Phase one is I didn't really care to begin with. Uh, (laughs) And so I think I'm lucky in that respect a little bit. But then I've done a lot of things backwards, I think, because on this particular topic, I did start to I didn't get distracted later, but it started to look appealing. I started to entertain those things. And there was a moment, there was, it was probably about three years ago. I had a six month window where I, you know, business is going great. And so that was when I said, let's go for the moon now. And there was a moment where I did test some ad spend. It wasn't on SEO national as a brand. It was, it was the whole shiny BS crap. It was like Damon as a coach, like Damon can teach SEO. And the one thing that I want to do differently was I didn't want to be the, I was very transparent. I wasn't like, you become an SEO superstar in, in 90 days. It was like, here's how you do SEO right. And it's going to take a long time, but here's how you do it right. And every time I'd go talk to one of those funnel gurus and ad gurus, it was the same thing. You got to do this on your video and talk about that. And I'm like, no, that's not me. And so there was a lot of conflict in this works versus this is what's right, because what was right mattered more to me. And eventually I found a couple people that could that could deliver results that I kind of established a relationship with and I saw what they had done and they were willing to come more on my side. And I was open to the I understood their thought process, but I didn't want to go down the vomity sales guru pitch. 
And so we found, we met in the middle and um, I went through three different ad experts. I won't say who, because um, some of them are pretty well known. And I spent 90 grand, 80 grand, 90 grand in a year. And I got $5,000 back, <laughs> you know, and that's what, yeah. that's what you're in for. Because if you think about it, so, so what the question is, is why does everybody else tell me one thing? Well, you're paying somebody to do marketing. So by nature, they're good at marketing. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're good at communicating reality. So you are going to get the highlight reel. There's a saying you talking about in the comments where this is my overnight success, but really it took X amount of years. There's a, there's a saying for that. And it's something along the lines of overnight success usually takes a decade. And that's reality. That's reality because you have to go through those phases of learning things and growing. You can't, you can't go. I mean, let's kind of do a cliche example. You can't go from med student to doctor with a, a funnel course, you've <laughs> got to learn crap the hard way. And it's the right. same thing in, in business. There's things that you just don't know that you have to learn. So um, I hate to tell you listeners, it's going to take you a decade. So do you want to just embrace that and be really good at it and thank yourself a decade later? Or do you want to try 10 different things for 10 years and still be at the starting line? It, it, it's a bit of a... Um, so first of all, there is sort of like this uh, sort of bummer, I guess, for like the passionate entrepreneurs who are maybe listening, who are maybe a brand new entrepreneur and they have this incredible dream, but the timeline is so short. But on the same token, I think it's reassuring for those of us who've been in business who, you know, we are in year one, year two, year three, maybe that first five years where it hasn't felt like, like we have the vision or for myself, for example, I have the vision for what the business can become and yet it's mm -hmm. not there yet. And hearing your story is a nice reminder of just the, the timeliness of everything and how long it takes and how much effort it takes uh, and really how there's value, I guess, in the waiting rather than, you know, it's got to hit these numbers year in and year out. Um, not like there's anything wrong with being goal-driven or data-driven, but you know, recognizing that sort of art of patience, I think is a valuable insight. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that you got to think about too. You got to quantify what success means to you. So when I say a decade, I mean, that's when you're high six figures, seven figures and beyond. You're probably in it for a decade. Now, the other thing we got to define is um, when people talk about, you know, the one funnel way and I got my two comma club award and like all these things that if the listeners aren't familiar, like there's these goals that people present in their highlight reels of that I made a million dollars in one sales funnel process. But there's a high probability that that $1 million costs $900,000 in ad spend to achieve. So you have to separate gross revenue from net revenue. And then you also have to define what are what do you what do you define success as? Like I said, for me in my early 20s, it was just cool to be self-employed. And what that meant was I was 24 at the time, newly married, no kids. The only bills I had was a mortgage and a car payment. And I was making like $60,000. That was freaking awesome mm -hmm. because I had a lot of disposable income for that age. Then the next measurement was like, okay, six figures would be cool. So that was a significant benchmark when I, when I hit over $100,000. And then that's when, but that's when you say, okay, do I want to how do I sustain this growth and also maintain quality control? The only way that's going to happen is because there's only so much Blake, there's only so much Damon, there's only so much listeners. You have to bring on more people. So then that's when you go, okay, what is success to me? Is success staying where I'm at, at 90 grand, not hitting six figures, but I don't have employees. 
and I don't have to worry about overhead and I don't have to worry about these other responsibilities or is success to me getting beyond that six figure mark. And then knowing that I have to bring in other resources to support that. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a lot of them. So I'm not saying you, you can totally find success in way less than 10 years, but it define, it depends on what you want to define success as. I mean, is this something you want to do forever? Cause you can have a six figure job company that you own. That's a job forever, but do you want to exit and retire at some point? And, and that's where I've evolved is I want to exit and retire. So um, I've given myself the freedom for, to push that goalpost as I finish each one of those phases and, and then reconsider and go, what is the next level of success mean for me? Mm-hmm. Something that you've, you've, and it's part of the intro of whenever I introduced you, um, something that you've mentioned a couple of times, and we've, we've mentioned it already here about this concept of organic growth for your business, um, building a strong referral network. Uh, a lot of times when we get into business, there is this awkwardness around word of mouth and, um, organic growth in the sense of what's awkward about it is a lot of times people approach organic growth as um, I had coffee with this person and they didn't buy from me. And so it's a dead end. And so then they, (laughs) then they move on to the next person. (laughs) You're someone who in, and I don't know you very well, but um, really that well at all, actually, but I understand you really get this concept in that it's part of your daily practice because I see you um, writing thank you cards to people uh, mm-hmm. whenever I think I was on your podcast, you mailed a couple of delicious cupcakes, uh, for mm-hmm. me and my spouse. So you understand this concept of nurturing relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that mindset, especially for listeners who they, they really appreciate the idea of not being that sleazy salesperson, not necessarily going door to door, not necessarily cold calling, but they like the idea of building and nurturing relationships that um, have a return on investment of their time. Tell me more about your your philosophy with organic growth. Yeah, I, I give away absolutely everything with with zero expectations. Um, and and what's funny is that's what makes it work. Like the less <laughs> you expect, the more you get. And so, um, like when I send you cupcakes, I don't expect anything in return. Um, you know, when I send it just this morning is a good example. I had somebody that was referred over that said, um, it was from an existing SEO client and they said, Hey, so-and-so's entertaining, um, you know, an SEO agency. And I told them that before they signed to talk to you. And so I reached out to the lady and I said, Hey, you know, our mutual friend made the intro, um, and I had already known that she was potentially engaging with this other place. So what I didn't do is I didn't go, I didn't go in and go, stop, wait, let me, let me pitch you first. What I said was, Hey, um, you know, our friend made the intro. I heard you're about to engage on SEO. Congratulations. Um, if I can offer any advice or review their proposal for you, I'm happy to do so. I didn't ask to put a bid on the contract. I didn't ask to be involved. I said, I just want to protect what you're about to get into. And so those are the types of things that I'll, that I'll do because I know. So what that lady ended up writing back was, this is awesome. Yeah, we signed, but it's only for four months. I'll see you in four months. And so those are the types of things that happen. I think that's a little more transactional. So why don't we take a step back and look at one that's less transactional? So a lot of the posts that I put on is um, I never send any... So anytime I post on social media, I never send anybody to, uh, anybody to a funnel. I never send anybody to an email list. I don't even have an email list. I don't have anything that everybody else is already pitching. I don't have a funnel. I don't have an email list. I don't have a messenger account. I don't have nothing. 
And so what I do is I get on and, and I, I say, here's an SEO problem. Here's a solution, or here's a marketing question or a business question. Here's the answer. And I don't ask for anything in return. And the reason why I do that is, is one lesser reason, one greater reason. The lesser reason that I don't send anybody to like an opt-in is because social media platforms don't want people leaving. And so the moment you post a, an external domain, they're going to devalue the visibility of that post because they don't want people clicking on it and going down the rabbit hole of Instagram or Facebook or wherever else they're going. The bigger reason I don't is because I want to communicate my expertise to my network. I always want to stay top of mind. So the same thing goes when I connect with people on LinkedIn. My first message is, hey, what's up? I'm not looking to sell you anything. I just wanted to connect with you for X, Y, and Z reason. Now, it's super short and sweet. Zero, like that's it. And, and I proactively diffuse the sales pitch by saying, I'm not going to sell you on anything. And then true to my word, I send one more message that is not a sales pitch. The, the second message is, thanks for connecting. Can I tell you a little bit about myself? And then I'll let you go. So I ask for their permission, which builds a little bit of, uh, of credibility. Then I proactively, again, I proactively diffuse the concerns of the sales vomit. And I say, and then I'll let you go. And then I start with something personal. I say, I've been married for 14 years. I have three kids. And then I get in one line of credibility and that's it. I started SEO National in 2007. I've worked with NBA teams, Shark Tank, blah, blah, blah. And then I and then I don't even I, that's it. I don't say can I help you with SEO? Can I help you with business advice? I turn it back and I say, what about you? You know, tell me about you. And that's the end. If they don't write back, I don't write back either. If they engage with me, then I'll continue the conversation. But even then, I don't follow up with anything business related unless they go first, because I don't want to sell them in the private messages. What I want them to see is my consistent content updates to say, Damon's the best at what he does, and he's never asking me for anything. I trust his expertise. I've built a psychological rep- uh, you know, relationship with him. And so then what happens is fast forward a couple months, and when that person is ready for that thing, there's actually, let me explain it a different way. There's three types of content consumers. So when I push out everything for free, I'm either going to have the person that takes the advice and runs which is fine with me because they were never my client anyway. I don't want the cheap clients. I don't want the do-it-yourselfers. I want the people that go, my time is more valuable than what Damon's going to charge me, so I'm just going to pay Damon. So if they take my advice and run, that's fine with me because they just helped somebody. Now, the second type of content consumer is the one that's going to say, well, this is great stuff, but it's either not for me now or it is for my friend now. And then they're going to refer somebody. And then the third type of content consumer is going to be the person that goes, this is what I need. Here's my money. So I don't see any negative option in just giving away advice. I wrote a book that took two years to write on SEO. I give it away for free. Everything is for free because probably the next comment that some of the listeners are going to have is, well, how do you quantify that? So the difference is with paid ads, it's a dollar in, two dollars out, a dollar in, two dollars out. And it's, it's pretty quantifiable what goes in, what comes out. Now with social proof, it's more like zero dollar or a dollar in nothing out, a dollar in nothing out, a dollar in five thousand dollars out. So it is just as scalable, just at different increments. And so coming full circle back to your question, that is what's that that social proof concept is what has grown. We'll, we'll probably double revenue this year over last year. And what we've done historically is has just been referrals. Kind of the same concept, just take care of people, don't push them, just offer a good product at a good price, follow up with them, build relationships. 
And so historically, referrals have been our biggest source of sales. But this year, that social proof concept is going to blow referrals out of the way. And referrals haven't stopped. It's just that I think that it's always worked, but I think even more so now with COVID is people want to do business more so than usual with people that they trust and or in a way that they can stretch their dollar further. So um, that's a long exam. That's a long-winded answer of just give away free crap. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I, I love the concept. It's something that I like to do myself and I love your... Um, to use a totally stereotypical cliche buzzword, your authenticity in your approach to business, because it feels like everyone is so tired of the LinkedIn uh, sales vomit DM trend Mm. that's happening right now. And even there's people who will say, Hey, I'm not going to sell you anything. And then as soon as you accept the, the invite, now they're, they're selling you. They're basically, they've lied to you. And it's pretty incredible how, damaging that is to that trust factor. Yeah. But I've even seen people who um they've they've DM me, it's a sales pitch. And you know, we're getting, I think everyone listening is getting these, you know, tons of these every week. And so I, I just typically just ignore 90% of these yeah. random DMs. But I'll occasionally get someone who actually gets angry at me and gets upset at me and says, that "You didn't reply." Yeah, that I didn't, re- didn't reply. <laughs> you know, I I had someone the other day who said, "I'm so disappointed." Like literally, he said, "I'm so disappointed in you," uh, because if the content you put out, I thought you were different, and you know, you didn't even respond to me, uh, which I didn't respond to that either. So I don't. <laughs> hopefully, he's okay. But <laughs> it's it's this whole concept of giving and not expecting anything in return. I think that's telling for your approach to business, your approach to your customers, how you see yourself as a service. Um, while some of us, we wouldn't necessarily be honest with this uh, in saying this, um, a lot of us are just in it for ourselves and just in it for you know um, uh, making as much money as possible. And not that there's anything wrong with getting paid, nothing yeah. wrong with with having a service that that people pay you for. But it does feel like the people I talk to who are consistently growing their business, they have a mindset about their customers that is really special. And you can tell that people who work with them uh, have a really great experience. So, and it's a bit of a rarity. Yeah, that, yeah, you're totally right. There's nothing wrong with making money. I'm not, I'm not bashing on the other ways. I mean, if if they work for you or if that's your thing, then great. Um, this is just something that works well for me, and, and even beyond just the financial incentive. But I just don't like sales processes. I don't, I, I don't the traditional sales process. Um, you know, and I made a post the other day that really resonated even with myself. And kind of simplifying this concept is, I don't fight for sales. I fight for relationships. And by having that mindset, you're right. You build up a reputation. The, the, the woman that I was telling you earlier that made the intro to the other client, like I get, I, I didn't go as extensive into, I didn't go as granular into explaining um, her intro, but now that we're kind of coming back, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more. She went on so far to say like, all the other SEO guys suck. If you don't pick Damon, you're screwed. And so like, these are the type, like you get these ambassadors Mm -hmm. of people that will support you because they believe so much in what you've done for them. And I get that all the time. Last week, I had another gentleman that 
um, I've given some copywriting advice to, and he sent me another, he's actually sent clients that have closed before, but he sent me another referral. And it was like the same kind of thing. Hey, this person's looking for SEO. I told them if they pick anybody else than you, they suck. And so like, it's kind of funny when you, cause I couldn't go, you know, I would, couldn't, but wouldn't anyway yeah. go say like all the other <laughs> SEO guys suck, but to me, it's fascinating that you can build up such a great relationship with people that they are willing to fight for you and throw rocks at other people on your behalf. But even beyond that, um, an equal part of the rewards to this whole concept is like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm just as excited as, as you guys for when a sale comes through, but I'm not waiting for the sale. I'm not holding my breath. And what comes in in between those sales is a lot of personal rewards too. Like I've been asked to be a godfather twice to people that I've only met online. Um, what was the other one? Uh, some of my team members, uh, so half my team's in the States, the other half is in the Philippines. Some of my team members in the Philippines were getting married. And at the time my wife was pregnant with our daughter. And, and when the wet, the wedding was in a couple of weeks of my wife's due date. So I said, Hey, I'd love to be there, but I can't leave my wife this close to the end of her pregnancy. And so they ended up getting a life-size cardboard cutout of me and it started <laughs> as a joke, but so there is a legit six foot tall cardboard cutout of Damon towering over five foot two Filipinos in a real wedding line picture. And it's a funny story to share, but if you think about the sentiment behind what that means is I can't, I can't quantify how, how much emotions are behind that decision to have a, a cardboard representation of a person in a real physical wedding line. And so there's all sorts of things like that, where I get, dude, I get random gifts, like every two weeks from somebody that will go out of their way to find my address and just send me a thanks because I helped them online with a question. Um, I had it just happen last week. I went and spoke virtually on a, um, to a college, a little group of entrepreneurs. And one of them was an attorney, went and found my address, which is amazing because I kind of suppressed my information online intentionally <laughs> and somehow found my address, sent me this cool thank you card, wrote me a handwritten thanks and put in some swag and all this stuff. I've had three foot by three foot boxes full of popcorn, like a variety dozen of popcorn that somebody sent me from Virginia because it's this cool local popcorn shop in Virginia. Like I get all sorts of just little tokens of appreciation. And that's that's what refills me. That's what when I get those is what goes, okay, yeah, this is the right thing to do. So the sales are awesome, but that's not what refills me and keeps me going. Damon, you just you just seem like a good dude. Like that's that's like what I keep like <laughs> as I'm listening. Like this just this would be like the perfect guy to like hang out with because it just seems like you your perspective on your customers is it's so it's so wholesome. But it's it's like I, I just appreciate your perspective, which is seriously like doing doing unto your customers the right thing, you know, doing well by them. And you're ultimately, you're talking about this concept of raving fans. It's people who are part of your tribe who, uh, you know, you call them ambassadors, but they, they gladly do business with you again and they gladly refer business to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a bit special in today's day and age because, and, and again, by all means for people listening, you know, have metrics around your business, you know, have a sales process, you know, know, you know, where people are, are in that sales process, but we're sort of dismantling this and sort of like taking away the, um, I guess what makes it kind of sterile and uh, I can't find the wording for it, but you're, you're, it's like you're bringing back the people concept 
to the art of business. Mm-hmm. And it all, it all is about people. It's about you know who you're helping and who you're genuinely serving. And so I just, I'm just saying all that to say, I really appreciate that. And I think that's valuable for our listeners who I think some of them are actually maybe even relieved thinking like, oh, yeah. like I, I, like I can have this mentality of wanting to do right by people and there's nothing wrong with me. It's, 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 mm-hmm. I'm not like off or dysfunctional because I'm not like the wolf on wall street you yeah. know, type of person. Um, so I, I, I can see why your business is doing so well because of how you approach it, which I think is really valuable for our listeners. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to uh, when you see the the highlight reel on social media of the twenty two year old with a Lamborghini, you know. But you don't you don't know the real story behind that. You don't know what his actual net income is versus gross. You don't know if it's essentially a pyramid scheme where he's taking on more clients just to pay for the other clients just to keep it going. Um, so I'm not saying my way is the right way. I'm just saying there are other ways. And, you know, one thing I want to go back on is you, you talking about the guy that wrote you back and said, I'm really disappointed that you didn't even reply. What makes it even worse is that some of that passive aggressiveness is starting to be part of their funnels. Like some of these guys are starting to automate that second reply. That's like, Hey, jerk face. Where's my reply? And in what world do they think that that is going to garner a client? So just because other people are doing it, even if it's working, but it's probably not, doesn't mean that you have to be distracted by it. I think if anything, the more that I see somebody talk about, the, the more the more times I see more people talk about a certain strategy is, is when my gut starts to say, that's probably not the right way. Mm-hmm. The more I see a bandwagon mentality, the more I'm like, ah, I don't think that's sustainable and I'm not going to do that. It might work short term, but I think the the key word there is sustainability. And that's where we get back in the conversation of, do you want to do the one thing for a decade or do you want to be always trying to exhaust yourself coming up with another thing because you've burned out on the other one? Mm -hmm. Damon, in in terms of getting referrals and doing good business, um, I've seen people do all sorts of things to encourage their customers to give them referrals, uh, gift cards, um, you know, money off on uh, or money back on their order, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about sort of like this concept. I mean, it's and I'm trying to I'm I'm, I'm having a little bit of a, of difficulty in finding how to um, phrase this question, but mm-hmm. you know, essentially, we're talking about the art of just doing good business. And it feels mm-hmm. like everyone has different definitions of that, you know, but, but obviously we can all agree that if you do business really well, people will come back, they'll refer business to you. But I think for many of us who are young in our business, we're a little unclear of how to really differentiate ourselves, how to really um, give that all-star service that someone says, mm-hmm. wow, this was, this was everything I wanted and more. Do you have any advice for that? Any advice for how you wow a customer and get them to be like, yes, I want to be part of your tribe. I love this yeah. person. I want to get the cut out of this person. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I, what's God. the secret for that? Just customer that you just, you just, you just, you rocked it with them. And now they're telling people about you. They're buying from you again mm-hmm. and they're referring business to you. You have to document your processes. Um, because what happens is you, it's, I hate to give this example, but it's probably one that makes sense is like, you don't, everybody goes to McDonald's because they know exactly what they're going to get. 
it's going to be the exact same made hamburger, whether they go in one state to another. And you need that repeatable process in whatever product or service you offer. You need your customers to know exactly what they're going to get to a T. And so the best thing that I did to, to scale was to document my processes. Now, in the first few years, I had processes, but it was some of them were in my head and some of them were on the spreadsheet and they were just kind of all over. And so to, to be repeatable and scalable, you have to consolidate your processes into some sort of single project management system. Because what happens, whether you're a solopreneur or you definitely need to, as you scale and add more team members, but even as a solopreneur, you think you are so good at what you do that you skip stuff. Mm. You think you are so good at what you do that you don't go check the documentation and then you miss that one little thing. And it's those one little things that, are, that make the big impression. So like a good example is even you had mentioned earlier that I send thank you cards. Every client gets a thank you card. I handwrite it, but it's a documented process. In my task management system, it says, send the welcome kit. And then 30 days later, send them a thank you card. So I've documented the, the process to do the manual thing. And then I go do the manual thing. So I don't automate, I don't send a crappy email. I don't use one of those postcard sending services. I literally have a stack of thank you cards in my closet that I manually go get. I write a personal note and then I heat the wax gun and I stamp it with a stamp. Like I do all that stuff, but it's scalable and repeatable. And those are the little things that people are going to remember. So you can't bring that A-game service until you define what that service is. And like a good example is we have a client that's, um, gosh, they're probably only three weeks old. We have not even got close to hitting stride with them because if you know anything about SEO, it's a long process. They already sent a referral. And the only thing that I can point my finger at is because they've had killer service so far. We've done so good at setting expectations. When when they start, I send an in intro email to the team and I say, hey, team, welcome the new client. And then that triggers off a sequence of events where team member A goes, hey, welcome to the SEO, no SEO National family. I'm so-and-so and here's what I'm going to do. And then a couple of days later, it just fires off this whole assembly line to perfection in you know perfectly cued sequences but it's all manual as well though. So you get that balance of not missing those small things because you have automated documentation and reminders, but it tells you to do the manual thing. Like those are not automated emails. There's some templated verbiage that they'll work with, but they copy and paste it, adjust it as needed, manually push send. I get the reminder on the thank you cards. I manually write the thank you cards at the three month mark. We send them a little thing where it says like, Hey, congratulations on your first quarter SEO birthday. But that's a manual thing we do. And maybe the, maybe one thing I'll add to that is we don't send swag. Like nobody wants more crap in their closet. So when we send them something, I try to find the balance of what is either functional, but more so what is personal. So like when we send them gifts, like I never even put a business card in my thank you notes. Like it'll say SEO National on the return address, but I sign it Damon. Mm -hmm. So I try, you know, that that goes to underscore the value in developing a relationship and not just trying to, you know, buy them off with uh, with um, material types of goods. So there's it's that. So, I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple, and yet I, it almost feels like we make it incredibly complicated. And it almost feels like these simple things like writing a thank you card. Um, it, it's strange how maybe commonplace that was 10, 15 years ago, but mm -hmm. now sticking to those simple things really do seem like they make you um, different in your customer's mind. It makes you stand out. You know, it's, it's bringing you back to what you said earlier. It's sending the LinkedIn 
invitation and then not selling them. You know, it's like, and I remember I went on a spree of, um, uh, over a period of a few months, I was just uh, networking with people and something consistently that I got back was, this was so nice because I thought you were going to sell me and you didn't. Yeah. That's what made me want to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, Damon, we're unfortunately out of time. Uh, this has been pretty incredible. Uh, what can people do who are listening? What can they do to stay connected to you? But more importantly, if they want to work with you, uh, what does that process look like? Uh, yeah, you know, seonational.com is, is the business address. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. And we got to wrap up one of the cliffhangers. As of this weekend, I was banned from Facebook and I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, like, yeah, if you if listeners, if you've been listening to this guy, obviously you already know he's not the sleazy guru marketer, and so it's it's crazy. I don't I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion. I don't talk coronavirus. You know <laughs> theories. I don't talk anything. All it is is like here's. I don't post links. We talked about that. There's literally no. Right. I don't get it. So um, hopefully I'll be back on Facebook here in the next. By the time you hear this, hopefully <laughs> I'm back on. But yeah. um, if you go to DamonBurton.com, that has all the links to my different social platforms. And then if you're interested in SEO, um, you can go to FreeSEOBook.com. Like I said, I spent two years writing a book. It was an Amazon bestseller. It's 135 pages. It's a book book, and I give it away for free. Damon, it's been really special having you on today. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks again, Blake. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to DamonBurton.com, SEO National, and then also free SEO book uh, down in the episode description below. Also, if you email me, Blake at GoodAdviceCoaching.com, uh, I'll send you a copy of the book. So the first person to email me, I'll buy you a copy. I'll send it your way. So just email me and let me know for a lucky person. Uh, I said, buy you a copy. It's free. So... You know. <laughs> That's how incredible I am, I guess. But uh, I'll send you I'm a sold. copy. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast and you enjoyed this episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Click that follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And then also, don't forget, we are on Patreon. If you're enjoying the podcast, you want to support the podcast, maybe even get your business advertising the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash good advice. As always, we appreciate you and we'll catch you later. See ya.